listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Drinks and Deep Dive show. We had our two-week break to uh, catch our breath and do some updates to the show, like the new intro. We got some transitions, so check it out. Might be a little bumpy for the next couple of weeks, but forgive us if you go out. We have a great show today. I got Jenny Bayless, who drove from the Springs today, to come hang out with us. And our deep dive is going to be into a townhouse she bought earlier this year. Uh, and actually, we're going to compare what her budgeted or her pro forma numbers were with her actuals through about the halfway year mark and update the spreadsheet and compare reality with what our perform is because real estate investing is not an exact science. It has some squirreliness in there and no numbers are exactly the same. So we're gonna talk about that. Jenny, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Chris? Really good. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, me too. I appreciate you driving up too. So thank you. Yeah, no worries. All right. So before we jump into that, we will jump into our factoid. All right, so our factoid here is actually from the quarter two Metro Denver vacancy and rent report. I thought it was a really neat graph that came out. So every quarter, um, the Metro Denver Apartment Association publishes their, their quarterly vacancy and rent report. And what has been really interesting to see is actually what the vacancy and rent has done. Now I'm gonna zoom on this graph a little bit, which shows vacancy quarter over quarter. And normally this time of year, we'll see vacancy drop a little bit due to seasonality, but we went from, I just lost the number on there. We went from about a 5.5% vacancy to about a 3.5% vacancy. So around a 2% drop, give or take a little bit, uh, I guess the exact is 5.5 to 3.7 vacancies, almost a 2% drop which is a lot. I mean, if you look at previous vacancy reports, it's usually bounced around between like high fours to like high fives. That's the band that kind of jumps around and based off seasonality. And then this last quarter, it just plummeted from 5.5 to 3.7%, which also means rents jumped up too, because lower vacancy, that pushes up rents is what, that's how supply and demand works. Last quarter, rents were about $15.40. Now they're about $16.50. So about $100, actually over $100 price jump in rents on there. So what does this mean for landlords out there? Well, I take this as another reason, still a good time to buy. Yes, we've seen housing prices just go through the roof the last year. And now we're starting to see rents uh, go up. And I mean, for months, you and I have been talking to clients, looking at our properties and we've seen rents consistently go higher than we expected. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to see data that actually supports other than just, you know, what we're doing in the trenches. Exactly. Yep. And then for Colorado Springs, pretty much the same, just, just on a smaller scale. Um, Average monthly rent jumped to 1430 um, from prior quarter, 1333. Um, Say that again. What are the numbers? 1430 and 1333. So almost $100 in one quarter, which is outrageous to me. Um, And then same thing with vacancy. It went from 5% to 4.4%. Oh, so very similar numbers and trends. And that's, I mean, what we talk about, just whatever one market does, the other one's going to be about the same, at least in the recent memory. Exactly. All right. So on this great sign for rents and vacancy. And I've also seen other news items talking about how a lot more people are renting now um, versus buying just because what home prices has done. So if you're an investor out there, 
I bought property this year, Jenny bought property this year, uh, long-term, still makes sense to buy properties. And here's just more data to support it. Exactly. All right, let's go into our deep dive. All right, so on our screen right now, we've actually got two spreadsheets. The left-hand side is the budget. And this is when Jenny bought this townhome earlier this year in January. Mm -hmm. And the right-hand side is gonna be, it's the same copy of the spreadsheet, but we can actually come up here and update it with numbers of actual numbers throughout this year. So Jenny, before we dive into the numbers, give everyone context on the townhouse, like just basic numbers, basic strategy, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, if, if you guys remember from a couple months ago, uh, I had some clients that actually found this new build townhome community that was going up, helped them run the numbers. And I said, hey, you know what? These are pretty good. Um, I would like to buy the one next to you guys. So that's kind of how that came to be. Um, but just it's in security wide field, which I know we've talked about a lot. It's the, you know, realtor.com's uh, hottest zip code last year. So I just knew that there's a lot, um, a lot going for it in the sense that it's a new build. So less headaches on my part, hopefully. Um, it's in a hot area. So hopefully that means, you know, less vacancy, people wanting to rent it. It's just a nice property and a nice community. So just, I thought it was going to be kind of like decent, but it's actually proven to be really good, um, better than expectations. All right. And so you bought this, you closed on this in early January, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you got renters in there. Mm -hmm. And at the time they were paying $16.95? $16.95. And we okay. put them on a six month lease. They were military and they wanted to buy a home, but didn't have a home to move into when they came here. They wanted to get their, their bearings straight. So we said, yeah, six months, that's pretty good um, because we wanted to be on summer cycle and we try to get all of our properties on a summer cycle. So it's kind of a win-win. So, Tell people why. Because there's just more people looking for homes. So you're going to have greater demand. Um, so you're going to have a you know better pool of applicants, um, better opportunity to raise rents a little bit. Um, it's just... Yeah, a, a, a more opportune time to to rent a property. Agreed. So we were debating before this how the best way to populate the spreadsheets because uh, <laughs> Jenny did export from her QuickBooks account to keep uh, her records or mm -hmm. bookkeeping for this property here. Um, exported a seven-month P&L. So this would be... What, January through end of July, if I can do my math right? Um, or actually, you explain it. Yeah, so I just kind of, it, I bought the home middle of January. So it's technically, I guess, mid-January through mid-August today. So that's seven months-ish. So we can just kind of talk about actuals year to date, and then we can extrapolate out um, to kind of guess it's like a mixture of actual budget uh, for, for the remainder of this year okay. compared to what we had originally anticipated. So you guys are going to hear us do some math, <laughs> probably make a mistake or two. Yep. <laughs> but this is reality. We're like, hey, we have, we all have our night. Hey, we're buying a property. We close on. Here's our pro forma. Mm -hmm. And then six months, a year later, we get reality. Yeah. And that data is never automatically populated in the spreadsheet. So how do you start tracking things? And this is just a very simple way. So... We're gonna go through this as a long-term townhome rental. You put 25% down on, purchase for just under $250,000, all in at $70,000, interest rate at 3.125%. Nothing of that has changed because those are your acquisition costs from exactly. earlier this year. Rent, when you purchased it, was $1,695. That's what you're expecting, right, too, when you purchased it? 
No, I was expecting fifteen ninety five. So you even had a rent pump then. So you yeah. were originally expecting fifteen ninety five. Yep. And, and then, that's how you originally underwrote it? Yes. Okay. And then we got $16.95 for the six months. And we are currently renting it out now for $18.25. So $18.25, yeah. So we're going to make some notes on your actual $16.95. So on this, sorry, I'm going back on this budget one. Shouldn't we put this to $15.95 since that's originally expected? I think by the time we recorded it, I okay. think I had someone in there. Okay. Now eighteen twenty-five for July. All right. So monthly rental income. Well, this is still a one unit. So what's the best way to do? I guess we just blend those two rental rates. Yeah, I mean it'd be kind of pennies at that point yeah. if we worry about the two weeks uh, that I didn't own the property for the year because there's no vacancy um, between July and August. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so we'll take sixteen ninety five, and you said eighteen twenty five. Mm-hmm. So basically, six months and six months. So we're just going to take the average of the two, which is seventeen sixty, and I'll give us a more accurate picture for the year. Mm-hmm. Vacancy of at three percent. I mean zero. Do you put that at zero as yeah. the actual? Mm-hmm. Rent increase, annual appreciation rate. That doesn't really matter. Property management is still a no. Correct. And now we get to monthly <laughs> reserves, which is always a percentage we use, which yep. that's not how, you know, QuickBooks and statements from property <laughs> managers work. Yeah. So now going back to your your uh, QuickBooks export here, walk us through these expenses and we'll start, you know, figuring out and putting them, in the, putting them in the right place. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of what Chris alluded to earlier where, it, you know, things get a little squirrely and they don't you know, exactly perfectly aligned to what we're trying to assign costs to and trying to assign categories to um, at the beginning. So basically, this is a snapshot um, of everything that we have paid for this property to date since we've owned it, other than all the closing um, costs. So we have advertising and marketing for about 130, cleaning and maintenance. That's, uh, you know, while the other tenants left and then um, making new keys for them. Just really small things like that. 160 for the year. I don't anticipate either of those two costs changing for the remainder of the year. Um, Homeowner association dues, that's 115 a month. So that will continue on uh, through the rest of the year. Insurance, I paid it all up front at closing. So that was 870 plus you know, that gets escrowed every month, but um, I only expense it once it gets paid out. Okay. Um, and then we'll skip mortgage mortgage interest for now because, you know, the, yeah. the spreadsheet calculates all that. Um, office supplies and software, 1556. That's literally just me allocating a percentage of my monthly QuickBooks okay, subscription. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, very nominal. Um, taxes. I have not paid any taxes because we always pay in arrears. So I haven't um, paid any property taxes for this property yet. I will do that next year. And then utilities, it was 12 bucks for a few days of vacancy when we bought the property. All right. So then for maintenance, I guess maintenance would include cleaning and maintenance. Yeah. And that's at 160 bucks year to date, right? Mm-hmm. And so where would you... So actually, let's make this simple. I'm going to put... 
Actually, we'll keep it. We'll keep it percentage wise. Yeah. So 160, and this is over six months or seven months. Seven. Okay, so we're going to take that 160, divide by seven, gives us. We're going to round up to 23 bucks a month. Okay. <laughs> so 23 bucks a month times 12 is 273 dollars a year. See, this is where it's interesting though, because I don't anticipate any cleaning necessarily, but anything could break between now and then. And we don't have a basis for stuff breaking um, to be able to extrapolate that. Plus the fact it's under a warranty from the builder for the first year. So there's all sorts of weird things at play in well, this How one. do I put in the spreadsheet then? That sounds good to me. <laughs> 273 sounds issues, good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing is there's just no no true way. I mean, even if you have seven months of actuals, there's no way of yeah. figuring out the the remainder of the year is the point I'm trying to make for that. So should we turn 273 into percent? I vote no. Nah. Because I don't want to do... I try to minimize math while we're live. Yeah. So I'm just put the monthly maintenance reserves to 0%. Uh, to keep that simple, I'm going to come down to the additional annual expenses and just put in cleaning and maintenance. And we said 273. Mm-hmm. All right. So put that there, 0%, 273 there. And then for uh, advertising marketing. I think pretty much one and done on that. Should we... Well, we'll still put that in here, but we won't annualize it. Yeah. Okay. So 130, and that's just the actual year to date. Mm-hmm. Your homeowner's insurance, or I'm sorry, HOA dues, 115 a month. That's actual, and that's the same. Yep. Your property insurance. So you have it listed at $700 for annual property insurance, mm-hmm. but you've paid 870 for the year so far. Mm-hmm. What did your insurance go up? Um, some of it is me allocating a portion of our umbrella insurance that we do for all of our properties um, on a per property basis as well. So that's pretty much where the the difference is there. Do you, I'm mean, random question. Do you have just, is this just your personal umbrella or do you have like a separate rental umbrella? Rental umbrella. You have a rental umbrella? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of Why do you have like that? Paranoid. Is that just another just, layer? Just for, so I can sleep at night. <laughs> and that just gives you better protection like a personal umbrella? Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you have both a rental umbrella and a personal umbrella? Um, well, no, I actually have, let's see. We have all of our rental properties under one umbrella. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bill, Bill, the insurance agent uh, that we had on the podcast a little while back, he's he set that up for us. Okay. But, yep. Okay. Yep. Just so that people can't come after us for other assets that we own and all that good stuff. So, yeah. so what do you want to put in here for insurance? I'm not the way you've allocated, um, not what, what's the best way to I do it? I think 870 is fair for, for the, the year. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to update it a little bit to include the umbrella. Your taxes, I mean, this do we keep it at zero? Or do we keep it? I mean, I don't know. It is kind of a little bonus that I get for buying a new build, I guess, for the first year. I mean, I'll have to pay it if we ever sell it. Um, since, you know, the way that taxes are structured, but... Well, since we're doing actual, we'll just put that at yeah, zero. okay. <laughs> we'll come back and play with Take it. Take the can down the road. Yeah. That, so... Utilities, we'll put 12 bucks for the year. Yeah. Keep it in there. <laughs> Your office uh, expenses. Yeah, those, we can, you know... We'll just We can that, extrapolate that. Yeah, so 30 bucks, basically 30 bucks yeah. a year. For office. All right, so... I think we have everything updated. We updated the rental income. 
We blended the two mm-hmm. of the 1695 and the 1825. And so one ended July 31st. The other one started August 1st. Correct. So true zero vacancy. Mm-hmm. No property management. We bumped the monthly reserves down to 0% because then we factored in the actual expenses down in the lower part of the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. HOA is at 115 Taxes, zero, but you'll pay those next year. Yep. Insurance, about 780 for the year. Water or uh, utilities, 12 bucks. Landscape or um, office supplies, 30 bucks. Cleaning and maintenance, 273. That's replacing the percent we did up there. And advertising, 130. Mm-hmm. So when you originally, I'm flipping back to this spreadsheet now. When you originally purchased it, you were estimating about $5,800 a year in cash flow with an 8.3% cash on cash return and a 6.2% cap rate. So great numbers. Yeah. So is the, before we, uh, we'll do our drum roll here. <laughs> before we go to the actual, I think it'll be higher or lower. I'm going to go with higher. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so cash flow for the actual is now $8,900. So that is $4,000 more. Cash on cash is 12.7, so about 4%, 4.5% higher, with a cap rate about 1.2% higher. So pretty significant numbers on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're pissed off at this, right? Oh, yeah. It's the worst <laughs> property ever. You should just get rid of this and sell it. Right. I, you should say, I, I'll just sell it to you, right? I, yeah. I'll, yeah, we'll keep it simple, even better. <laughs> no, I, I know. I wish that I had bought more of these. Had You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but... Yeah, I'm really happy with this one. And then, you know, just kind of, you know, one of the things that we wrestle with in terms of the, um, you know, maintenance reserves and and all that is my rule of thumb is I try to take a a third um, of the cash flow and put that aside. So if we're we're talking $9,000 after mortgage, $3,000 would go in my, my kitty for that. Okay. So. So the year, that's definitely a, 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 routing up some and that's just to keep it simple and mm-hmm. stay conservative yeah okay mm-hmm. so with this now let's take a step back because this is i mean this is great and even if we go in there and factor in hey we have taxes of 1200 bucks for the year that you'll pay next year you know you're still cash flowing three thousand dollars more than you originally expected yeah um so so a great great benefit here so Let's take this and how this is applied to clients who recently bought or clients looking to buy right now. Like what's the, what are the key takeaways people can learn from you? Yeah. So this is an example of when things go pleasantly uh, in, you know, one direction I've bought properties where I'm not quite saying the same thing. So it's just kind of keep in mind that this is just meant to be a model. It's meant to be a long-term prediction of, you know, over the course of holding this property for many, many years, this is typically what you can expect on an annual basis. Doesn't necessarily mean that in 2021, I'm going to get exactly, you know, X dollars a year. This is just kind of a guideline as to to make your decisions off of. Some years are going to be good. Some years are going to be bad. I'm well aware of that. So I think just kind of keeping that in mind, keeping the fact that, yeah, that's great. I'm making, you know, quite a good chunk of change on this property. My strategy is to hold this property for the long run. Um, And that's kind of, you know, 
I'll have good years. I'll have bad years. Um, and just keeping, keeping it all in stride. Okay. Now I got a couple of questions for you on here. Cause I know months ago you mentioned that, Hey, your tenants were, were going to move out mm-hmm. and you were considering <laughs> medium term rental. Yeah. Cause you, that's recently right around the same time we did that medium term rental podcast with Diana yep. uh, and just some phenomenal numbers down there. Mm-hmm. Why did you not go medium term rental? That is a great question. I'm glad that you answered that because I know a lot of people ask me the same question. I am quite tired. (laughs) And I know I've said that before, but it's like, you know, juggling all of my rentals, you know, family work, that sort of thing. Um, To me, the the difference in return, like, is not worth the difference in my time involvement. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me to have a really great tenant that's in there right now, she's, you know, in the home, that is fantastic. I don't have to worry about it, um, you know. So that's kind of where that is. My my mental energy is not worth, I guess, the, you know, a little bit more money each month. Well, mental and probably actual time as well. Yeah, right? exactly. So, what was the rough like? What did you budget for? Like, if you turn to medium rental, like, is that what was the upfront investment for furnishing it? I used the same, you know, when I was looking at it, I used the same uh, guidelines that. Diana used when we walked through that example since um, since she has a property in that same complex. So I was able to just kind of go off, off of that. I think it was like 12 to 16K up front. Okay, so, so we'll say about 15,000. Yeah, so that's another significant outlay yeah. of cash that- That's a lot of money. Yeah, for, you know, I mean, obviously the yearly return's better, but it's still gonna take, um, you know, a few years to recoup the additional um, initial outlay. And how much more cash flow do you remember? We won't mm. go through all expenses, but like, do you I don't remember? remember. I think it does 15 sound about right for, I have. No okay. Idea. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't tell you, but I think I remember it taking about like two or so years to pay off the initial upfront. Um, so that's kind of where my, my choice was on that. Just kind of where I'm at in life right now. Okay. Yep. So what about $15,000 upfront investment, mm-hmm. about 15,000 in cash flow mm-hmm. versus this scenario, which was, you know, zero in initial investment, just mm-hmm. your typical turn cost and about 9,000 cash flow. So basically $6,000 difference in cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with not going medium term rental. Like, I mean, those are strong numbers, but I know, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got a young daughter at home. Like, you know, it's, it's busy with everything between that and work, like mm-hmm. the 6,000 extra plus the upfront. I don't think it's worth it. Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if you had asked me this question like five, six years ago, I would totally be doing that because I would just have more capacity for yep. it. Yeah. And I would want to realize those additional returns for sure. Yeah. So my other question on here for you is, I know a lot of people, they see these numbers, even just, you know, either spreadsheet, the original, they like townhomes a lot. Yeah. New build townhomes, at least here in Denver, you know, we're, we're out months. Mm-hmm. Um, more places are, are selling less to investors. Yep. What's it like down in the Springs? Same thing. Um, this particular uh, neighborhood, they have an investor cap as well. Um, because do you know like what percent um two per investor so so i guess technically it could be sold 
Oh, but you're to, saying two townhomes per investor? Yes. Oh, there's no like certain amount. Oh, we we'll only sell ten percent of our inventory to. Correct. Oh, yeah. Um, so that one, this one's more forgiving. There are some I've, you know, I've asked around. There are a couple uh, on the north end of town that are super nice townhomes. Hey, do you guys um, offer to investors? Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, I think it's you know it's harder to to come across them if you want to operate them as a rental for sure just because of where we're at you know with housing and everything oh, yeah. they they want to make it available to homeowners first um so just something to be mindful of for sure which is interesting because i mean regardless someone's living there yeah it's exactly a homeowner or, or a, a tenant a, a tenant yeah like, it's still a home someone like, needs to live there yeah. so <laughs> yeah I, I do find that interesting as well so but i imagine from their perspective the pr perspective selling to homeowners sounds better looks much better yeah. in a headline than selling to investors yes um and but therefore it wins <laughs> yeah but you need to think of the next step too that there is a family living in that home it's not yeah. like sitting vacant and you know collecting yeah. dust sort of thing <laughs> so does this complex my last question does this complex have more new builds that investors can buy no no <laughs> so they are closing out um they are closing out this uh complex they're going to start a new complex on the east side of town i've asked the sales agent please, please, please call me. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how their rules may or may not change. So, so it's a, it's a totally different complex, not a different phase, but Correct. a different complex. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested, they should just reach out to you. And I mean, you, you keep up to date with all the builders and complexes, right? Exactly. Cool. Yeah. I might not have any information, but you know, we'll, we'll see where we're at. Yep. Wonderful. All right, Jenny. Well, this is great to see. Congrats, by the way. This is a, a stellar property. Thanks. I'm just a wee bit jealous, but this is awesome. <laughs> um, any closing comments or thoughts? No, just, um, yeah, just don't stick to your numbers too hard, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and know that it will go either way and it will go either way on the same property. So, you know, this one will have its downs. I know of that. So it's just kind of, Take the wins while you can, and then take the losses in stride. I have to say, I think "don't stick to your numbers" is a is an is an extra powerful phrase coming from a CPA, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're, I mean, you're very, you know, yeah. numbers oriented and, and very detailed, which is great. Yeah. But then you can balance it like, hey, this is reality. Yeah, things will Doesn't happen. Look good on the spreadsheet. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Things will happen. So awesome. Well, Jenny, yeah. this has been great. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, YouTube podcast. Leave us comments. Give us ideas for future episodes. If you have additional questions on here, leave in the comments or email us. We'll always answer those. We love the interaction, so don't be shy. And if you have additional ideas for our deep dives, let us know. We did come off our two-week break. We updated the show. We're getting a lot more guests lined up. So we got lots of fun topics coming to you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.